Hey, welcome to the Living the Dream podcast. This is your host, Timmy Douglas, and the goal of this podcast is to create a community that inspires action, accountability, celebrates progress, and helps people make the right connections to take that next step towards their dreams and goals. If you're looking for any one-on-one coaching to pinpoint your purpose and start taking steps in that direction, make sure to contact me on my website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, or on social media. On that note, let's get into the show. All right, what's up, guys? Welcome back to the Living the Dream podcast. Today on the show, we have Kevin Palmieri, who is the other host of the Next Level You podcast. We had Alan on about a week ago, and we're going to get to hear a little bit about Kevin and his dreams. So, Kevin, how you doing? I am doing well. As I said in the, the preamble, I am living the dream. I know it goes with the brand, so I'm doing well, Timothy. I appreciate the opportunity, my friend. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely love to have you on and we like to jump right in. So if Please. you just tell us a little bit about yourself and some of the stuff you like to do for fun. That'd be sure. Great. Yeah. So I am, as Timothy mentioned, the host of the Next Level University podcast. I'm also a speaker, a coach, and a consultant. I help people grow and scale and monetize their podcast. What do I love doing? Um, I love on a Saturday night, you can find me sitting in front of the television watching any kind of combat sports, whether it's mixed martial arts or boxing. That's something I love doing. And I also love snuggling up on the couch with my fiance and watching some sort of murder mystery movie that gives me nightmares before I go to bed. Oh, gotcha. What's a recent murder mystery that you watched? Oh, like? man. There, well, so we like a lot of documentary styles. So there's, there's this movie or documentary on Netflix called. I don't know the the intro of it, but it's about the Cecil Hotel. There's some hotel in New York that's like supposedly haunted and there's been a lot of murders and suicides there. It was interesting, but don't watch it before you go to bed. <laughs> gotcha. Gotcha. That's that's funny. I love to hear it. Um, awesome. Well, tell us a little bit more about we know a lot about the Next Level You podcast, but you're coaching and consulting and you're speaking. Yeah. Yeah. So. It's, it's interesting, Timothy, you're a podcaster. I think this is, well, I think you have 18 episodes as, the, uh, as of the time of recording this. When Alan and I started this, we had no idea how we were going to make money with it. So for us, it was a passion project. So my coaching literally started out with me coaching somebody for free, just reaching out to one of the community members. And if you're a podcaster, this is a great tip. This is something that works really well. I just reached out to somebody and I said, Hey, I appreciate you following our journey. I appreciate you being part of the family. I'd love to coach you for free and, and use you as kind of a test run. And I coached this person for a month and I said, Hey, I can't do this for free anymore. I started charging $50 a week. And then I kept kind of up leveling that. But, you know, Alan and I were probably like 350, 400 episodes in. And somebody asked me, they said, Kevin, have you ever thought of helping other people with their podcasts? And I was like, Honestly, not really. And, then that opportunity presented itself to me and I built next level podcast solutions. And that's the major driver for us right now. Uh, I think we have like 15 clients full time who we produce their podcasts full time. So that's been a huge thing for us. And, and the lesson in that for me and the lesson I try to share with other people is all of the things that we failed at growing the show and monetizing the show and messing up interviews and the technology and the camera and the microphone. Now I actually get paid to help other people avoid those, those problems. So if you're going through something, don't 
forget that at the end of the rainbow, you might be able to be the person who brings that knowledge and help somebody avoid the pain that you went through. Um, and then speaking, I love speaking on podcasting. I've been doing a lot more of that at schools and through master classes. Um, but Alan and I do a lot of speaking together where we'll take you know, the most powerful five things that we each have, and we'll just go deep and we'll do a, an hour speech between the two of us and then a Q&A. So there's been a lot of great growth lately, Timothy. I'm, I'm grateful for it. And uh, all the things are happening. We just got to keep earning it every single day. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. And um, tell us a little bit about your motivation. So I know it started as a passion project, but what gets you up and keeps you going every day? Yeah. Um, when I started this show, I had a really good job and life seemed like it was really just, it, it seemed from the outside that it was amazing. I had all these amazing things and the car and the tattoos and the muscles and the, you know, the girlfriend. And I was just very, very miserable. And it ended up at the point where I was sitting on the edge of a hotel bed uh, debating suicide at my job, like in the morning before I went to work that day. And my motivation, my goal, my why power is twofold. One, I don't ever want anybody to have to go through what I went through. I want to help them avoid that pain. And then number two, I have an amazing, amazing, amazing partner who is the most supportive and has been willing to sacrifice so much for me and to help me with this dream, to help me with this mission. So that is something that, Timothy, I didn't get home last night until 9.30 p.m. or 10 after a full day, a 16-hour day of podcasting and all that stuff. And here we are, 8 a.m., 7 a.m. for Timothy because he's more of a savage than I am. Um, and we're getting right back after it. And I'm just grateful to do it because I have a lot of things that are pushing me, my, my partner. And I think the other thing too, is like, if there's one person that hears this, that it facilitates some sort of shift in their life, then I did my job. And that's, that's enough motivation for me genuinely. Love it. Love it. And so tell us a little bit about why you were kind of at that point in the hotel room on the side of the bed. Yeah. So two years before that, um, I was, again, I had my girlfriend was a model. I had a six figure income. I had a brand new sports car. I just did a bodybuilding show. So I had a brand new apartment. So everything seemed like it was really, really amazing. And my girlfriend at the time said, Hey, I want to go to California. I want to travel and I want to chase my dreams. And I was so scared. I was so insecure. I lacked confidence so much that I told her she shouldn't do it. Now, I'm ashamed of that looking back because I pride myself on being somebody who puts wind into people's sails. But at the time, I just wasn't capable of doing that. So she ended up leaving me. And when she left, that was like the first time in my life where I had to look in the mirror and realize like, I'm not confident. I'm super insecure. I have all these fears that I'm letting run me. So I started, that's when I got into self-improvement. I got into personal development. I was saying uh, positive affirmations before I went to bed. I am handsome. I am talented. I am worthy. And this year I will make the most money I've ever made in my entire life. That's the problem as I leaned into that last one. So the next year starts, I got a promotion at my job. Uh, I was a foreman for a weatherization company. So we just made state and government buildings more energy efficient, weather stripping on doors, blown in insulation and attics, um, foam, you know, all sorts of different things. And I was just traveling. I was in Virginia. I was in Pennsylvania. I was in New York. I was in Connecticut. I went to Delaware, uh, New Jersey, and I live in Massachusetts. So I was always at least 
at least three hours from home. Sometimes I was 14 hours from home. Usually I was six hours from home in New Jersey. That's where I work the vast majority of the time. And I get to the end of that year and I had been on the road for 10 out of the 12 months, every single week, Monday through Friday, I'm only home late Friday night. And then I have Saturday to do my laundry and meal prep and see my friends and family. And then I leave Sunday afternoon. And it just, it was that way for 10 months straight, but I'm standing at my kitchen table and I'm opening my final pace stub of the year, you know, proud and happy and tired for sure. But my goal was to make six figures at 26 with no college degree. And I opened up that pay stub and I did, I made, I made six figures. And then I remember this, I had that same moment that I had when my girlfriend left me of, I'm not confident. This money didn't change me. It, yeah, there's money in my bank, but it didn't change anything up here. So that's when I actually started the podcast and the podcast was called hyperconscious back then. It was called the hyperconscious podcast. Cause for most of my life I had been living unconsciously. Now this podcast became a passion project and I had one of my friends on who debated suicide. That was like one of my first episodes. Alan was actually my first episode. I interviewed him about self-improvement and I was just talking to my friends about like deep thoughts and what they really wanted out of life and their experiences. And I genuinely fell in love with it. And almost overnight, Timothy, I went from only valuing money to not caring about my job at all, genuinely. So I started calling out. Uh, I started leaving work early. I would be late to work. I just didn't care anymore. I didn't care about the job. I just, I, it even got to the point where I was sitting down with one of my project managers and he was asking me for feedback. And I said, honestly, I'm probably not the person to get feedback from because I'm, this isn't my forever thing. Like I'm not going to be here forever. And so I would be working in New Jersey, which was roughly six hours from my house, five and a half, six hours from my house. It got to the point where I would go to bed in my bed in Massachusetts at 10 PM. I'd wake up at 1 AM. I would drive six hours to New Jersey. I'd work an eight hour day. And then I would go to the gym after that. And then on Friday, I'd get up in the morning, I'd go to the gym, I'd work an eight hour day, and then I drive six hours home. Like that was really what it got to. And I was just burnt out. I felt like I couldn't do the podcast. I felt like I had my purpose, but I really couldn't lean into it. And that's what happened. It, one morning I was in a crusty hotel room in New Jersey and it was winter. It was cold. It was dark. It was one of those mornings where like, you're just thinking to yourself, I cannot do this today. Like I do not have this in me. And I'm just sitting at the edge of the bed. I'm lacing up my work boots. Like I've done this hundreds of times. And the best way to explain it is there's 10 televisions on in my head and each one is on a different station. And one of them is saying you're stuck here. One of them is saying, there's no way you can get another job that's going to pay you $100 an hour. What will your friends think? What will your family think? And the loudest one of all, Timothy, was, do you really think that you can be a podcaster? Like, do you really think you can make money doing this? And in that moment, I genuinely felt like if I ended my life, I would end my problems too. Now, luckily I had Alan and I messaged Alan. And I said, hey, I'm, I'm really struggling. Like, I don't know if I can do this anymore. I'm questioning everything. And he said, Kev, so much has changed for you over the last few years. Um, but your outside hasn't changed. Your environment hasn't changed that much. And two or three months later, I left my job and I went full-time into speaking, podcasting, coaching, and consulting. And again, it sucked in the beginning. It was, you know, it was difficult. I was broke for the first couple of years, but it's interesting how you can be broke doing something you love. And that's far greater than making money doing something you don't enjoy. So best decision ever made for sure. Absolutely. No, that's awesome. That's <laughs> Thank awesome. you. 
And I think we're going to loop back around to some parts of that story. But first, let's go ahead and jump into your dreams and goals. What's your vision for both the Next Level You podcast and your life? So the vision for the Next Level You podcast, the most successful podcast in terms of holistic self-improvement. Um, my goal is at least 500 million downloads in the future. Uh, Alan and I have a very nice business built around the podcast. So genuinely, I think I'm blessed because I have a level of clarity of what I want. I just want to keep doing what I'm doing forever at a higher level with more impact, more mastery and more money. So retreats where Alan and I go to a foreign country and we have 10 people come and you know, we really do a deep dive on their lives and their goals and their limiting beliefs, live events every quarter where we can sell out, you know, we're going to do 250 people next year. Uh, but our goal is to do stadiums eventually and have different acts, whether it's comedy acts or music and, you know, make it like a real, real, real experience, um, continuing to do coaching and consulting and really getting into like corporate environments. But at the end of the day, it's exponential mastery, really learning and growing and continuing to hone my skills and my knowledge. It's exponential impact, being able to help millions and millions and millions and millions of people. And then it's exponential money, continuing to make more money in the business so we can reinvest that money into the business. Um, and then we also have a charity that we're going to be starting called Next Level Hope Foundation. So Alan and I were both, uh, his father passed away, as the listeners know, when Alan was two, my father left us when I was young. So I didn't meet my father until I was 27. So we're going to start a charity for young children, particularly boys without fathers, um, to make sure that they have positive role models in their lives that, you know, because we didn't always. So that's something I'm super excited about. Um, what was the other one? It was just my dreams. vision for your life, vision for next level you. Yeah. So that's next level. You, I'm a pretty simple human being. So the, the goals for my life are very connected to, to next level. You, I have my, my dream cars and my dream house and the vacations and that sort of thing. But it's just, I think the, the best dream anybody can really have or from my perspective is to be able to do what you love every single day and not, not have to work. Like I work really hard, but it's very aligned for me. So it doesn't feel like work. I was on a show last night and they asked me that. They said like, why podcasting? And I said, honestly, for the first time in my life, it's something that I can do for 16 hours and it doesn't feel like it. You know, yesterday was a really, really, really long day, but every Monday is, and I, I love the Mondays. I genuinely do. So I, it's this, it's this forever, Timothy, every single day, better, more impact, more mastery, more money more love, more connection, more opportunity. You know, this is it. This is it for me. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. <laughs> Thank um, you. I love when you can be really in touch with your passions. And so even when it starts to feel like uh, it's the 15th hour, it's a grind, you're still getting that fulfillment energy from it and it can keep yeah. you going. Yeah, but it's clarity, Timothy. Clarity is a superpower. I mean, we went to a Brendan Burchard event a few years ago, and this was way before I had anything figured out. And I remember we did an exercise with a small group of people. You know, Brendan split you up into, into groups and you did this exercise and it was talking about clarity. And it was like on a scale of one to 10, how clear are you in the direction you want to go? Like, what do you want to be doing? What's your dream relationship? What's your dream body? And Alan and I had very, very high scores in that. And I'm, I'm blessed for that. And I think that if you're out there even if you just know what you want, 
that's actually way more productive than you realize because now you know what to do, but more importantly, you know what not to do. Clarity and goals create boundaries, right? They create little, um, not roadblocks, but things on the side of the road. They, they, they create the things where you bounce off it and you say, mm, nope, that's not in alignment. Mm, that's not in alignment. It just helps. It, it highlights what to do, but it also highlights what not to do. Clarity genuinely is a, is a superpower. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love that. And when was the first time that you really got clear on what you wanted? I would say before I had ever podcasted, I actually, Alan interviewed me on his show. He had a show back in the day called Conversations Change Lives. And it was him and one of my other buddies. And after that, um, Alan was in the bathroom and I was talking to my friend. I said, imagine if you could do that for a living. And he said, you can. And that was, for me, that was like a clicking of like, interesting. So then I started doing research for the podcast then. Like that was the initial realization that I could be a podcaster. That was, that was where it really clicked for me, honestly. And then I think, I think when Alan and I partnered up, I, I probably did like 15 or 16 episodes before I partnered with Alan. When Alan and I partnered together, it just felt right. Uh, Alan is more of a visionary than I am. So he helps me with the long-term and I'm very good at just taking action and just grinding. And I think we have a very unique team there. So sometimes it's not, it's not something you see that brings clarity. It's, it's someone that, you know, and for me, Alan really helps me with the clarity. So I would say number one, when I realized what podcasting actually was and I experienced it. And then number two, I would say when Alan and I partnered up, because that really helps me double down and triple down on what mattered and then start to eliminate what didn't. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I love that. And so take us back to your, you're on the bed, on the side of the bed, you had the suicidal thoughts, but then you ended up quitting your job and going into full-time podcasting. If there was like, was there one thing that triggered that or was it the whole journey? And that was just the tip of the iceberg. It was, it was the whole journey. And the, the thing was, and again, I, I had already partnered with Alan, so it, it made it easier, but I had in a way, I've always had a, a mentor in Alan. Alan quit his job years before year or two before I did. So I had that example to look at. I just think for me, it was one of those things of, okay, we, we call it the pain pleasure pendulum. So if you are, say, for instance, Timothy, you go to work on a Monday and it just sucks. It's one of those days. It's like, I, I can't do this anymore. If you don't quit your job on Monday, Tuesday, it gets a little bit better. Wednesday is Wednesday, someday. Thursday is almost Friday and then Friday is Friday. And then the weekend comes and you forget about how bad your last Monday is. But if you have the worst day ever, like you're just in massive amount of pain, you're more likely to take a bold action all the way to hell yes. So if you go to hell no, you're more likely to go to hell yes. I went all the way to hell no. Like there's really nowhere else to go from wanting to kill yourself. So I, in that moment, and this can go opposite too, but in that moment, I think I made a very emotional decision of like, I, I can't do this anymore. I think a lot of people make emotional decisions. Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad. Um, but for me, it was an emotional decision that I then forced myself to logic. And then I forced myself to do it. 
And again, I think for me, one of the reasons I try to be unreasonably humble about the people in my life, because I do believe I'm very blessed to have an amazing supportive group around me. So that's a huge part of it for me is I I've had people who believed in me genuinely my entire life. My problem was never people not believing in me. My problem was always me not believing in myself. So that's something that I've always been working through. And I think part of it was I had Alan who helped me believe in myself, you know, and, and my partner, Taryn, helps me believe in myself. So that's, that's something that's super helpful. But for me, it was. It was the giant. It was a buildup. It was a buildup for sure of me complaining more and, and complaining and complaining and whining and saying, like, I don't know if I can do this. And then the job getting worse and leadership getting worse. And it just got to the point where it was like, I can't do this forever. And I don't really care about the money anymore. So I think it's time for me to chase what I love. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's awesome. I guess my follow-up question to that kind of whole story is, I remember you talking about the TVs in your head and like mm. 10 kind of TVs playing at the same time. And it was a lot of limiting beliefs going on in your head. Mm -hmm. Was it the people that helped you get past those limiting beliefs or was there something else regarding self-improvement that you learned and did? And how do you deal with them when they come up now? Great question. It definitely was a little bit of everything. So I believe that you can borrow belief and the story I use, and I don't know if Alan told this story, if he did, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to verbally and physically attack him because this is my story. <laughs> but did, did he talk about Amy at the mall? I don't think he did. No. Okay. So we have somebody on our team. She's Alan's executive assistant and she does our um, Facebook group and she does our Facebook lives and she does a ton of stuff. If you saw her today, this, you would not believe the story I'm going to tell you. She reached out to me one day before I even knew her. She messaged me on Snapchat. Alan had talked to her. So she knew of us, but she didn't really know me. And she said, Kevin, one of my biggest fears is approaching people and starting conversations with strangers. And I said, awesome, Amy, same. Like, I don't think anybody really likes that. I think everybody's pretty uncomfortable when it comes to that. I said, let's do this, Amy. Let's go to the mall. She, she lived like 45 minutes away. Let's go to the mall and you and I will do some fear chasing. We'll approach some people. And I was genuinely, Timothy, hoping she said no. And she said yes. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. Okay, we're going to do that then. The day comes, it's like a Thursday. And I remember texting Alan saying like, hey man, I don't know if I want to do this, but this is going to be brutal. And he's like, Kev, you got to do this. Like Amy needs you. And I was like, all right, cool. So I go to the mall, I meet Amy, we hug it out, we go, panic move, I tuck into Starbucks because I'm not ready to go approach people yet, we get our coffee, all right, cool. So we go into this, this store that sells like beanbag furniture, and I said, all right, Amy, I want you to go up to the front desk, and I just want you to ask them about this chair, just ask them. And she's like, ah, what if they, what if they think I'm like dumb? I said, they're not going to, it's their job to talk to you, like it's going to be fine, I promise. So she goes up, great conversation. We go into the, the store next to that one. Same thing. Great conversation. Go into the next store. Great conversation. I said, all right, let's step it up a little bit. So we go to the food court. We start asking about the food. Again, great conversations, great conversations, talking to people at the food court. And then we just start talking to random strangers on the escalator or walking, you know, walking from store to store. So we're getting ready to leave. And in this mall, there's these motorized zoo animals. For some reason, I don't know why they're there, but they're there. And we're getting ready to walk past them. And I said, Amy, if you were really feeling it, and if you really wanted a fear chase, you'd ride one of those around the mall. And again, Timothy, I'm hoping she says no. She's like, yeah, we should do that. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. Let's do that. <laughs> so we go and we pay the $5, whatever it is. We get on these motorized zoo animals and we're literally riding them around the mall. And it went from Amy thinking that she couldn't start a conversation to, with a stranger to her then 
doing that to then riding this motorized, I don't remember if it was an elephant or a giraffe. I think it was a giraffe around the mall, just fear chasing, like literally looking to get judged by people. Then she ends up going back to school. She ends up um, getting a new job. She ends up coming on our team. And now she does our Facebooks. She's Alan's executive assistant. She's been on other podcasts. And now she's looking to come work with us full time. So this is somebody at one point who didn't even believe they could have a conversation with a stranger. So the point with this whole story is I genuinely think that you can build belief after you borrow it. So what happened there? Amy, and this is what I call the confidence conundrum. Amy was uncertain of the results. We're all uncertain of the results. Timothy was uncertain of how this would go. I was uncertain of how I would do. I have never met Timothy. There's uncertainty in there. But usually for many people, uncertainty breeds lack of action. Lack of action breeds lack of results or lack of belief. And then that lack of results proves to you that you're not capable. Now, all I did for Amy was I instilled, I injected a little bit of belief between uncertainty and action. I was the bridge between uncertainty and action. So Amy was still uncertain, but she took an action she never would have taken. She got a result she never would have got that proved to her that she's actually more capable than she realized. I've been running that system for the last four and a half years. So anytime I get that, oh, this is going to be bad or this is going to be scary, I look back on the proof that I had. Timothy, 150 podcast episodes it took me to be comfortable. Genuinely, 150. That's a lot. We've done... 81 live podcasts, 81 weeks in a row. It probably took me 40 to feel comfortable. Now, my in-person speaking, I've probably done like seven or eight in-person. I've done a lot more virtual, but I'm way more comfortable speaking at seven or eight than I was a hundred with a podcast. So it, it's proving to me that I'm actually building confidence. And I just continue looking at the proof. If you're afraid, that's okay. Like there's some things you should be afraid of, but you know, fear isn't always a red light. Sometimes it's, it's a challenge. And I think if we start to face our fears, that's how you build confidence genuinely because things aren't, you know, it's either going to go, there's a best case, a worst case, and a most likely scenario. It's very often the worst case. Very, very rarely is it the worst case scenario. It's usually the most likely scenario and the most likely usually isn't that bad. Yeah. Yeah, no, absolutely. I completely agree. I guess my question to you is when somebody isn't at that proof stage, you know, they're at the very beginning where Amy was, do you suggest, like, where do you suggest they start? Like, what type of action do you suggest they start with? The smallest possible, like, um, for Amy, that was a, in retrospect, like, that's a lot. Like that's a lot, that's a huge dive out of your comfort zone. Now, again, I was there with her supporting her, but even that, like that's a lot. So I think it's the lowest barrier to entry. So when I'm talking to new podcasters or new speakers, particularly new speakers who have never really spoken, but they want to, the first step is record a speech on your phone to yourself and don't show anybody. That's like literally the first step is the lowest barrier to entry. Then it's like, yeah, post on your social media. Then it's, 
um, speak in front of somebody that you care about and somebody you respect. Then it's, you know, do an Instagram live or a Facebook live. I think whatever the vessel is, whatever the silo is that you're in, it's literally what is the least scary thing I can do. For Amy, that was a lot. Genuinely, that's something that she wouldn't have done on her own, but it could have easily started with like, all right, Amy, send a DM to somebody, like send a DM to somebody that you respect on Instagram, or you just messaged me on Snapchat. So you can't be that afraid to start a conversation. Like, okay, who else can we message? Something like that. It's with Amy, we went from like, you know, one to 25 for other people. I'd look for like a 1% improvement. Um, and it, it, I guess it depends like on the specificity of what you, what you're doing and where that fear is. But I would do like the lowest barrier to entry, the smallest thing. You don't go from not speaking to speaking in front of a hundred thousand people. You go from not speaking to speaking in front of like one. That's what I would say. Focus on the small 1% improvement because that's the stuff that adds up over time anyway. And if you can find somebody to do it with you, find somebody who instills belief in you, find somebody who has confidence and say like, Hey, would you be willing to do this with me? I think that's a huge thing too. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And what would you say to the person that is extremely hard on themselves mm. in regards to the process? So maybe they like, don't get the results they want when they want them and they let their limiting beliefs take back over and be like, well, that's not enough evidence. I think that is probably like a root thing of not, not being happy with the results or not having patience, I think oftentimes ends up coming from something that happened in your past. So I have somebody in my mind that I'm thinking of that I've worked with and I've been working with and her childhood she was convinced by her family and by her environment that she wasn't a good speaker, that she had dumb goals, she had dumb dreams, she had dumb hopes, she had dumb ambitions. And now a lot of what she sees in her life is a result of that. She's a really good speaker and she's really young. So she, like genuinely the sky is the limit for her. She has so, so, so much potential, but in her mind, she can't even allow herself to see how good she is. So a lot of times it's like, if you're not happy with the results or you're a perfectionist or you're always beating yourself up, I don't think for most humans it's constructive. I think it's destructive. And I think it comes from a place of lack and scarcity. And I think usually it comes from conditioning as a child. Alan beats himself up all the time, but Alan is so growth oriented that he can get away with it. I beat myself up too, but it's a different way than Alan, because if I beat myself up the way Alan did, I wouldn't feel good about myself. I would dig into the actual root cause. If you find yourself constantly beating yourself up, it might be because you have a low level of self-worth. It might be because people have convinced you that you're not capable. So you're continuing to run that. I think of it like this. Okay, if somebody was told that they weren't worthy and they were ugly and they would never attract a, a partner and they were destined for a miserable life, the first person that they attract into their life who's an intimate potential partner is probably not going to be like that great because they, their level of self-worth is so low that they don't know what they're willing to, they know what they're going to accept, but they don't know what they can attract. And it's that weird thing of when you have a low level of self-worth, you start to attract people, places, things, and ideas that fit that level. 
And I think it's the same with this. If you beat yourself up, it's probably not because of the actual goal. It's probably because of your conditioning. Unless you're super, super, super ambitious and beating yourself up motivates you, I don't think it's like that with most people. I think it's probably the opposite. I would dig into your past. It's probably conditioning. It's genuinely like, you know, the the fear of leaving people behind is conditioning because at some point in your life, you couldn't lean into who you were because you you were afraid you'd leave people behind. Self-improvement and personal development, Timothy, is the best thing in the world because you're going to learn a lot. The thing you will learn the most about is yourself. There's a lot of learning that happens in self-improvement, but there's also a lot of unlearning that happens. I just think that people have like a lot of stuff to unlearn, particularly conditioning. Absolutely. I love that. I, I definitely appreciated that. And I'm sure my audience appreciated that too. So thanks. That's you. what we want. Of course. Of course. Um, awesome. Well, if there was one type of person you could meet right now that would help you take the next step in growing next level, you growing like that exponential mastery, exponential impact, exponential money side of your business and the charity, who would that person be and how would they do it? Interesting. 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 Who would that person be? You know, you know, Big Sean, are you a fan? Are you a rap fan? <laughs> I know Big Sean, not the biggest rap fan, though. Big, Big Sean, I think I'm in a Big Sean phase right now. And I think I think it's because somebody with his level of success. And for those of you who don't know, Big Sean's a rapper from Detroit, but he's very different than many rappers. He's super into the law of attraction, super into energy, just a very, very wise human being who just knows that he has to take care of himself if he's going to take care of his goals. I just think being around somebody who I've looked up to for years and years would motivate me and inspire me in a, in a way that I've never been. Um, for me, Timothy, it's what really motivates me is being around people who have the result I want and then realizing that they're just a human being. That's like a huge, huge, huge thing for me. How would they do it? I don't know that they would. I think they would probably unlock something within me and Alan that we needed unlocked. I believe that there's there's something to learn from every single person. And then oftentimes after you learn that thing, it's time to move on and maybe be a student somewhere else. So I don't know how it would happen. I think it would happen through me visualizing what that kind of life would be like. I was at a client's house a few months ago, helping her set up her podcast studio. And this is like a multi-million dollar house. It's got an elevator. It's on like, I don't know, 70 acres of land or something. It's wild. For me, being there, that experience and emotionalizing that already brought me to another level. Just in terms of me thinking about like, not what would that be like? What was that like? So for me, experiences do that. So I would say Big Sean, hanging out with him, seeing how he lives his life, and just seeing what that experience would feel like, I think that would be the, the shift for me. I, I think of it like this. So if you think of what manifestation is, what is manifestation? It's creating something that does not yet exist. All manifestation is, is imagining something, right? You're imagining, okay, I want a 2023 Mercedes-Benz AMG GTR. Imagining that, like, visualize that. Okay, cool. What's the second step? Emotionalize it. This is what a lot of people don't do. I don't think emotionalize it. I have a picture of it on my backdrop 
on my laptop. I have a picture of it on the backdrop of my phone every single day. I watch a mansion tour. I watch a car review, whatever it is, because I'm emotionalizing what it will be like when I get there. Then we have to strategize. How do we do it? What are the 12 things I should be doing every single day? And then we have to take action. I think it's that emotionalizing part that a lot of people miss. So that's what experience does for me. You know, when we fly out to California to interview David Meltzer at his studio, like that's a thing. When we go to Brant Pinvidic's mansion, that's a thing. Like that, it's the experience for me. It helps me really, really emotionalize it. So that's what I would say. Awesome. I Thank love you, that. my friend. So what is the most important one or two things that everyday people can do to help you accomplish your dreams? Oh, man. Um, you can listen to Next Level You for sure if you want to <laughs> help us accomplish our, our dreams. And I would say this, this will be a different one. I would say start digging into the person that you've been, the person that you want to be, and the person that you are now, because I think what's going to help us is the same thing that's going to help the rest of the world. It's, it's an increased level of self-awareness. Keep, keep doing the difficult inner work. It's, it's hard. It's, it sucks. It's painful. There's a lot of conflict. You know, there's, there's a lot that goes on when you start digging into who you are and your past. But I think the world in general will benefit from a higher level of, of self-awareness and a lower level of ego. I think there's a lot of ego in the world. And I, I think it's, it's natural because we have a lot of people who have been through a lot of things that haven't healed it yet. So I would say that. I would say work, self-work. I think self-work is going to help the world and we're in the world. So that would help us too. Absolutely. I love that. Is there anything they can do to help you on the charity side of things? So right now we're in the process of actually like making it a charity and all that happy jazz. Um, so I would say when we start talking about it, we'll have ways to donate and all that. If anybody is in the Massachusetts area and you want to volunteer, uh, please get in touch because I, we would absolutely love positive role models for volunteers. When we do this, it'll probably be next year. It'll be in 2022 when we do it, but that would be super helpful. Awesome. Awesome. Sounds good. Thank you. And now we're going to jump into our thriving three. So our okay. first question is, what's your favorite book, movie, or podcast? Pick one. Oh, man. I would say my favorite movie is The Pursuit of Happiness uh, with Will Smith. Titanic is up there. One of the best movies ever made. I will, I will fight to the death over that. Uh, it's just amazing. It's an amazing movie. And uh, what's one more movie? Super bad. Super bad. One of the funniest movies ever, ever made. Gotcha. Gotcha. I actually haven't seen the Titanic all the way through. I don't think uh, you better cut four hours out of your day today and you better find it. It's on Netflix. <laughs> it's, it's the time, Timothy. It's the time. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Why those three movies? Which part of those three movies for you? Uh, the pursuit of happiness, seeing somebody and, and I won't I won't give any spoilers. Uh, for those of you who haven't seen it, honestly, watch it. If you haven't seen The Pursuit of Happiness with Will Smith, based on a true story, a man named Chris Gardner, who I believe it was the 70s or the 80s, he was selling portable bone density scanners and it just broke and hopeless and every reason not to succeed. And he goes on. And now if you look him up, like he's a very, very successful person and it's based on that. So there's just a lot of scenes in there where, Will Smith's character has reasons to quit 
and he just keeps going. And it's just unreasonably inspirational. I cry every time I watch it. it it's just, there's the resilience in that character that just motivates me beyond belief. Titanic is just one of the best movies ever made in terms of the, the CGI, the, the way they built a boat, the, the acting, Leonardo DiCaprio and Kate Winslet, the story, it's just amazing. And then honestly, super bad. Super bad is a low vibe. Alan and I call it like a low vibe. Like there's a lot of jokes in there that are just, they probably wouldn't fly today. And there's a lot of like vulgar language and it's, it's not something I watch a lot, but for me, it just, that's like a blast from my past. I remember watching that in high school and just laughing my butt off. So it brings out a part of me where I can kind of just unwind and let myself be. So that, that is helpful at times. Yeah. Super bad is a funny movie. I just it looked is. it up to remember it and I saw the picture and then I remembered everything. <laughs> it's, it's such a funny movie. It's, it's honestly one of the funniest movies I've ever seen. Yeah, absolutely. All right. What is one way you like to care for yourself? Oh man, the gym, the gym. One, one of my favorite things in the world is usually I get up at like anywhere between four and five 30. First thing I do on those days is, is go to the gym and the gym I go to actually has like a dedicated boxing room where you have to like pay extra to use it. And I pay extra so I can go in there and, and do boxing workouts. So for me, it's, it's getting in my body, going to the gym, being physical boxing, that, that sort of thing. That's, that's huge for me. Gotcha. Do you and Alan go together? We used to go a lot together, but now he lives like an hour and 20 minutes away and he doesn't want to, he doesn't like working out with me because then he, he doesn't get to talk trash anymore. Cause he always, he's always flexing on me, talking trash. And then when we work out, he's like, oh yeah, you're stronger than I am. But <laughs> when we travel, we do, when we travel, we were just in Florida a few weeks ago and we went, uh, every day we were there, we were in Arizona before that. And we went every day like that. When we were on the road at, when Alan and I are on the road, we do the event, we do whatever we're doing. We go to the gym and then we eat Domino's or in and out burger. Like that is what we do every single day on the road. So we, we live it up on the road. Awesome. Love it. Love it. And what's one action step you can take right now or continue to take to keep moving towards your dreams of scaling next level you? Oh, let's see. Um, I would say keep getting on podcasts. If you're a podcaster out there, Timothy, I'll tell you, you're a podcaster. Getting on other shows is one of the best way to build your shows and build your brand. And again, think of it this way. When it comes to mastery, you're mastering your craft because the more time you're in front of this microphone, the better you're going to get. The level of impact you're able to have is way higher because you're talking to different people and different demographics and different frequencies. And depending on your business, it, it's a good way to make money too. But I think from mastery and impact, it's going to help me master my craft. It's going to help me make more connections. It's going to help me impact more people. And since there's Alan and I, we can do it twice as much. So that's it for us is continue, continue doing this and continue continue giving genuine value, value to people. Like at the end of the day, the person who gives the most value is usually the one who wins in the long run. So that's what we're focused on is massive value. Awesome. Love it. And I think that is a great place to end our episode. So if you were listening to this and you loved what Kevin had to say, maybe, you know, big Sean, uh, introduce yes. Kevin to big Sean, please, please. Get that hookup going. Also, make sure to <laughs> listen to Next Level You, but most importantly, do that self-discovery. Get to know yourself and the person that you want to be. Finally, at the end of every show, we ask that you just send this episode to somebody that you know needs to hear what Kevin had to say or needs to connect with Kevin. Thank you guys so much for watching. Kevin, thank you for being on the show.
we're out. Timothy, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Guys, thanks for listening. Make sure to reach out to our guests and help them accomplish their dreams and goals if you resonated with them. If you're looking for any intentional masterminds or one-on-one coaching to accomplish your dreams and goals, make sure to check out the website, workwithtimmydouglas.com, and contact me either there or on social media. That's all I got. Have a blessed day.